Welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. We've got another guest on today, as you can tell by the name of this episode, is Shona Virtue. She lives in Australia. She's the master of all things mobility. She's the author of her own book, The Virtue Method, that is available pretty much everywhere. If you want to get your hands on that, learn about how to be a little bit more supple, move, and also have fun with it as well, and realize fitness isn't just about sort of how you're looking. That's something that Shona definitely promotes. Now, she's boasted some pretty high-level clients. David Beckham, the national hero, uh, has good things to say about Shona and her methods. If you want to find Shona, you can find her on our website, which is shonavirtue.com, and then you've got her Instagram, which is at Shona underscore virtue. If you want to find us on Instagram, it's at a need to read with the number two as opposed to the word. Now, Shona has asked me to say that there are some subjects in this podcast that listeners might find distressing. It could be a trigger warning. We haven't meant to upset anyone. If that happens, it's just a conversation between two people, which went off on a little bit of a tangent. But I love the conversation. I'm sure you guys are too. So strap yourself in. Shona Virtue, welcome to a need to read. And thank you very much for coming on. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm good. As I was saying before, I'm covered in bruises, but I'm, I'm good. Good. Well, that means you've been training and that means you're happy most of the time. Very happy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's, that, I like how you said most of the time. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's never going to be all the time, is it? Because if you want to yeah. be happy all the time, you're just reaching for something that you're probably never going to attain. Absolutely. And that's wise. Did you get that from the Tao of Pooh? The, Does he the discuss ta- that? The Tao of the Poo. Tao, the Tao. <laughs> the Tao. Of poo. <laughs> uh, no, but there's a lot in there that's really, really smart. So there's the Wu Wei. Pronunciation yes. could be wrong. The um, Wu Wei. But he Wu describes. Oh, depends on how you say it. But yeah, sorry, go. He describes. He describes it as the Poo Wei. And the Poo Wei is essentially just doing nothing. He doesn't really have a plan ever. He just goes around and is Poo Bear. And. It's, it's essentially about not interfering with nature and nature's course and you just do stuff and you just sort of go with the flow really nice yes. sort of philosophy and now i love taoism slash Taoism. <laughs> the Dao. Taoism. yeah the Dao. <laughs> yeah. the Dao. the Dao de ching you should read that next yeah is it heavy it's heavy <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> if we can put it in winnie the pooh i'm way more happy with that <laughs> do they talk about like harmony living in harmony is that what that that whole principle is yeah essentially that sort of at one with the universe and sort of it's all about humility and stuff like that. it's a really interesting philosophy i thought i was just going to be stoic till i die but now i like thousand <laughs> i've moved away from stoicism because they're all racist as fuck oh i didn't ask are we oh you can to... oh no you swear as much as you want it doesn't matter you can't Great demonetize times. something that's not monetized so <laughs> it's good <laughs> yes so they're really racist they're all they? fucking slaves they all like even like marcus aurelius in his meditations Mm. like at the beginning or the end or somewhere in there he starts talking about how he's like and i'm such a good person because i you know i see my slaves as people and i (laughs) was kind to them and i don't rape my slaves and like he's sort of saying horrible things like that but sort of praising himself and it's like what and i recognize that for that period you know, there was obviously going to be a mm. lot of sort of that anyway, but it's just like, it's sort of made, it's tainted stoicism for me a little bit. I'm like, yeah. oh, like it's hard to separate it, you know, and go, oh, okay. But, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, anyway. It's, it's difficult, yeah. isn't it? Because it, in, in those times, like they definitely were shagging little boys as well. 
and yeah. that's also yeah. frowned upon to say the least yes exactly you're gonna have to put a trigger warning on this now yeah yeah podcast. right actually well, yeah. I, I was i was expecting that with you don't worry <laughs> why i didn't mean to take it there straight away it was just that you said stoicism and i was like oh it came straight to my mind because i i'm really disappointed that it's sort mm. of it's re- you know it's like oh I, I i'm struggling to sort of appreciate it in the same way yeah yeah definitely it's one of the i think especially across history yeah there's there's no there's no no one's in the right if you go back in time nowadays all these people that are sort of these great figures people are like well they were racist or like they own slaves or yeah, they're or misogynists or you know it's all of that yeah. and the thing is at the time i guess morality was maybe different for them mm-hmm. and i said that that's just evolved in t- in time yep yep which is do you think that one day we're going to look back on people that we that you know whatever who have written amazing philosophies but they ate meat and we're going to look back on them and go do you know what shona virtue she created that great the virtue method but you know she was she ate meat yeah what a dick well that's well i was should we stop the podcast now because i didn't realize that you're a meat eater and uh, meat is murder and i can't agree with this so no, it's but it is. <laughs> okay well it's great great now you can see yeah um no, no, but it, 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 meat is murder and it is something I'd like to work towards. Yeah, for sure. I, absolutely. I would, but chicken wings. I just love wangs, man. <laughs> I know, but, but I think that if you had to kill the chicken, look at it in the eye, well, catch it, kill it, do all those things, I think that you would probably be okay with letting go of chicken wings. So, a uh, little story time. So when, when I was training in the Marines, they do like a, um, like a survival training part yep. and they give you a chicken. So you're like your little team of three that stays in, in a hut. They give you this live chicken and they, they teach you how to kill it properly and humanely. And they teach you like, you have to shake it up and down. So the blood goes to its head. So it sort of passes out and then you put a stick over its head and you pull it and they're like, right. If anyone hurts the chicken, you're in trouble. So I was like, okay, well I best do this properly. Then I put the stick on this chicken's head go to yank it up and i'm like oh well the head's not on the floor i look to the right and there's this chicken is gurning like there's no tomorrow beaks half hanging off and i'm like oh no i'm i'm in so much shit i'm in so much shit here and uh yeah then i ended up just having to put my foot on its head and pull it off and then when we cooked it we just boiled it so we absolutely butchered it it was just like rubbery chicken that i just oh my God, abused before i ate it so any vegan listeners sorry but, um... You're gonna have to put a trigger warning on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so. Severe. See, this is the thing. You see, so this, uh, you're more capable of doing it than I am. Whereas I, the fact that I'm reacting to the story makes me more of a hypocrite, though. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like if I'm capable of eating chicken or fish or any mm. of those sorts of things, and yet I'm un, I'm incapable of hearing a story like that. It's kind of like well. But you can't, nobody's perfect. No. I mean, we can strive for it, but we can always fall short. I think it's good to get used to falling short in life. Yeah. 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 Perfectionism. (laughs) We can talk talk about perfectionism. We we can get on, sadly. Yeah. But I think there's definitely, there's definitely space to consider the fact that I think at some point 
humanity will move in the direction of veganism, whether people like it or not, just purely mm. because it's like if we're moving in this real, um, you know, direction around race mm. and we're seeing the disparities there and the inequalities there, I think that eventually the next progression is to say, okay, well, why are we still eating sentient beings? Why are we still mm. breeding them and killing them? And anyway, you're like, we'll get there. I, I was going to get a there. fucking vegan on, on the show. <laughs> well, uh, I know you're not actually a vegan, so it's fine. No, I just <laughs> but, love vegans. I wish I was. Yeah. No, to be fair, respect because, yeah, like it's an it is probably a really healthy way to be. And yes. I I stopped eating beef and pork, and I never liked lamb anyway last year and the other day I, I tried some bacon and i was like actually do you know what? i don't miss this at all like it's good i wasn't that bothered by it and then my mum was like oh yeah i got you some vegan bacon i was like look i don't i don't care about bacon that much otherwise i'd just eat it like if i really wanted it i'd just eat yeah. it i don't want any of this fake stuff that's meant to be like bacon i'm just like, i've just given up bacon don't give me some pretend stuff that like god knows what it actually <laughs> is like rolled out some sort of pancake that you grill not into it <laughs> okay but in saying that don't you think that we've come to the point in in society whereby in, in terms of our technological advancements you know mm. even freaking sending people to the moon which obviously we've been doing for a long time now but it's like if you can do that and yet we can't figure out a way to keep ourselves nutritionally um capable of not having to kill other lives for our yeah. survival it's sort of like where the fuck are our priorities here? But I, yeah. I, I, um, I agree with, I, I, I just hope for, I know this is so controversial. This is so controversial, but I am, I am not against GMO foods. Mm. I'm not against people being able to grow. If we can develop the ability to actually grow um, foods, I think it will be really amazing for, for, yeah, oh, social inequalities, but then again, it's like not in the hands of capitalism and blah 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 blah. Let's change the subject. I knew, I knew I was going to get so many words from you today that were going to be way too long for me. Oh, thinking I, I need to, I need to send like a pre-warning, like, hey, Shoni, mind dumbing this down for me a bit? But um, where like you yeah. obviously are educated around all these kind of like subjects and like your social sort of justice and stuff like that. What what kind of books have you read? or like content that you sort of consume actually let's stick it to books because obviously that's what we're here for but that's what we're here for yes what what what's your sort of go-to book that kind of kicked this off do you feel like you had this in you mm. like as an innate sort of passion for this stuff or have you sort of learned it through sort of reading books and like opening your mind up to it so I'm trying to think about how far I go back with the story because I think that I've always, um, <laughs> I have a lot of Catholic guilt for someone who's never been Catholic. <laughs> like I have this weird thing like, no, I feel like, um, I feel like I have this uh, like guilt for my existence. So it's, that's why I say Catholic guilt. It's kind of mm. like this guilt of like, uh, yeah, just, just of existing. And, and I've had to really try to dismantle it a little because then it, it sort of 
inhibits your ability to be successful because you're kind mm. of like, oh, but I don't deserve that or I shouldn't be striving for that. Well, there are so many other people that, you know, this and that. So there's a lot of um, that comparison in that sense. Um, imposter syndrome comes into it as well. But it's definitely like this guilt of like, hang on, if I'm free, then everyone should be free. And I don't mean that in a yeah, sort yeah. of like, I'm so compassionate. and yeah, But yeah. it's just, it's something that's always on my mind and it has been for a really long time. So I think um, probably... But what I didn't, and I'm like, do I, how far back do I go? Do I go back to like study? I studied Buddhism for seven years when I was, yeah, when I was 19, I'd started learning martial art and then I ended up mm. sort of joining this group that were also doing, so he would only teach martial art if he also, if we also learned Buddhism. And then I was at the same time doing a psych degree and I we're so interested in the correlation and not just correlation, but just the, the interesting similarities between Buddhism and modern Western psychology yeah. as well. And how even in Buddhism, these ancient texts were talking about um, the construct of a human character and our mm. human needs and our desires and, you know, um, uh, like, all different kinds of things that motivate us. So I found that incredibly interesting. And, and for me, I always felt like the more you know about the human being, the safer you are. So I was very hungry for like knowledge on humans and how our okay. brain works, yeah. which is really fucking manipulative. Because if I'm honest, it was probably just so that I would feel safe enough to be like two steps ahead of every other brain. So I, I mean, can emotionally manipulate people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it Yeah, that's a whole other path, yeah. That, it, well, you've had many lives then, really, I feel. There's, there's a lot to you. You've, I have had many, yeah, no. I what, because you're studying many. again now, aren't you? Yeah, so I didn't finish the degree, um, and I got really into Buddhism, and um, I then wanted to work in health and fitness. So mm. I actually dropped out of that for a number of reasons, but then um, it's always been something that I've wanted to do, and I just never did it. So the reason yeah. I've gone back to study it is because it's like, no, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a psychologist. Yeah. Um, so to come back to your original question, I think it started with Buddhism, and then... Um, it wasn't until I moved to London, actually, and I began working with my manager, Francesca Zampi, who it was her and her business partner, Alice, who they started an agency. But when I started working with them, they really helped me to dismantle a lot of my internalized misogyny. Okay. So I had explain, a lot. Explain that, explain that for the, for the people at the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> So misogyny um, is is basically I don't know I don't have like a Webster dictionary in yeah, front of me. I feel like worry. I should read the Webster dictionary, but basically, it's it's essentially um, based in hating women. So misogyny okay. is is women hating. Yeah. To, to put it in real layman's terms, and the theory around internalized misogyny is that as women, because there's there's a whole debate around whether a woman could actually hate a woman. Like, can women mm. actually hate themselves? And I think the answer is yes. I sit on the fence mm. of absolutely. We can totally move into a space of self-loathing, generally speaking, across the board of humans. But also, if you identify as a woman just based on everything that's in society around us, it's very easy to then also hate yourself as a woman. Mm. And there's a lot of misogyny around us. So I 
didn't realize just how much I had until I actually started working with my manager, Francesca, yeah. who sort of just swayed me in the direction of, of different feminine texts. You know, it was like Roxanne Gay. It was, uh, she's, a, she's a black feminist. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I would highly recommend you read some of this stuff too, actually, because I think you would have. Let me get my pen. Yeah, actually, I could just watch this recording back. Roxanne Gay. <laughs> Roxanne Gay, exactly. Yeah. Um, everyone, in fact, part of my tripod to hold my to hold my laptop in place um Simone de Beauvoir the second sex which I actually haven't read yet but it's it's a big one it's quite and, and it might be a little bit dated now yeah. um but it's it's those sorts of things that I started to look into and think oh shit like I have a lot of internalized misogyny that mm. I need to break down um and I was also in the fitness industry which yeah. Do you know much about the male gaze? Have you read much or heard much about this no. terminology? No. Oh, it's a big one. So the male gaze, <laughs> and I actually feel terrible for bringing it up because I don't actually, I can't remember the feminist who introduced this concept, but it was actually based more around films and okay. the way in which um, film and maybe it was literature as well, but I think, oh gosh, there are going to be people, feminists that are listening, they'll be like, oh, she's absolutely slaughtering this description, so I well, apologise right For those now. that are listening and think <laughs> that, like, like I said earlier, nobody's perfect, no one's going to remember everything. I'm sure you didn't take loads of notes when you were reading these books, you just read it, and you've done your part, and you can remember the little bit, so that's the okay, beauty well, of books, Thank you. This, this is a really, this is a shit Cliff's notes, but basically, <laughs> it's, it's basically um, based on the fact that a lot of films were um, created and directed according to the male gaze, so the way a man would want to watch and engage with the footage. So mm. women, female characters would often only talk about, um, they'd only feature, their conversation would be based around the male role. There'd always be a male lead and then a female kind of side part, right? Yeah. And then the women that are in there, they're always like beautiful, somewhat dainty. Mm. Um, you know, they might also, they're never like alcoholics and strong. They're always like alcoholics and really neurotic and weak. Yeah. Whereas men are always portrayed as like, kind of like they start their morning with whiskey, but then they're also yeah. really like, I don't know. Whiskey just, and a cigarette and they go and shoot whiskey some cigarette and and Yeah, totally. Back to their dainty little wife who's been doing her housework all day. Who, totally. And like, she's a bit, yeah, exactly. She's a bit naggy and she's always one that like doesn't know how to get out of some like situation in an action movie and she runs upstairs instead of like outside or like yeah, doesn't yeah. do anything practical. All of that sort of stuff is like so there was very not enough gazy. empowerment for women. Not enough empowerment. And, and stuff. Totally. And I don't know if it's literature. So it, I definitely think I'm pretty sure it's 80% sure that it's based on films, but now you can see it everywhere. So in fitness, mm. a lot of the fitness pages will very much be for the male gaze. It's like a woman standing there, like arched back. Um, there's, you know, like think about things that are filmed whereby, um, you know, it's like, a, it's like a dealt workout and yet it's filmed like from under from, the from, hips. Yeah, from, <laughs> right? like, literally straight underneath the legs. Like, oh, look at my shoulders. Like, I literally can't see past your vagina. I, so I can't see past your labia right now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting full labia workout. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's that sort of stuff. Um, and so it's seeped into sort of all forms of media. Um, and fitness being very male dominated is very much that uh, has a lot of male gay stuff. So when I started working with Francesca and, and Alice, um, they were sort of, they were always like, okay, so 
by posting a picture of you with your back arched against a waterfall, like how, and they never said it in, this sounds really passive aggressive, but mm. they, they would deliver it in a way that actually just made me think about it. And so they were like, do you think that that may alienate women and actually more just attract men? And I was like, interesting. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't teach a woman anything about her body other than look at my great body and yeah. you know look at how sexual i can be that's not mm. empowering for a woman at all and it's only about luring men in so the fitness yeah. industry is still very much like soaking with that sort of stuff right yeah so that was probably the beginning of my journey into all of those sorts of things was actually through feminism okay that's good much like to the dismay of many of my ex-boyfriends by the way who hate <laughs> feminism well like I, so I, I've grown up in a pretty feminist household. I would say I've got probably yeah. more feminine energy than most sort of blokes. And I had a stage in my life where I was probably playing up to being the lad because I hadn't been, had like the male energy in my household. Like I do, I've got my dad's here. He's great. But my <laughs> mum's, my mum's like the, the breadwinner. She's like a strong, powerful woman. My sister's grown into that as well. Like she's like dominating her work. She's like a great feminist. Has done made massive movements within her company for sort awesome. of the women in the company. And I feel like I, I really get on with girls. And people are just like, "Oh, you must be gay." I'm like, "Well, I'm definitely not." Like thought about it, hundred yeah. percent. I'm not. Um, and me and another friend have spoken about like the feminine energy and being able to accept that. And I think a lot of men nowadays can't quite get to grips with like a, a strong woman if you look at all of my ex-girlfriends they've all been like really strong women and i think like i'm i'm not afraid to admit like i probably need that like if i'm this like hey you step up i'm like oh no can't <laughs> i can't step it up you you just be the strong one for now <laughs> <laughs> but also i think if the first woman you fell in love with which is your mother mm. not necessarily in a sexual way but Freud, it's like if Freud things. yeah Freud things like oedipus mm. You said it. I didn't say it. But um, <laughs> it's, it's like, I think you do gravitate to that. And I, and, and I have to say, like, I tend to, um, <laughs> I always speak to guys about their, um, God, this is also very annoying for them too. But I, and I don't mean to like therapize. It's more just like getting an understanding of their history with their family. And so actually often when, when I know that they were actually raised by women or raised mm. with women around, I'm always like, yeah, totally. And not in every case, obviously. But it's like, hey, your dad, your dad went walkabout when you were three. You've got feminine <laughs> energy. We like you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh God. I know, but it but it it's really it is interesting and, and, and I can't comment on it too much because I haven't experienced obviously I'm not a mm. man, but also, you know, we always talk about like women in the sense of like daddy issues. Mm. Um and it's always like kind of slapped on like a girl that's quote unquote crazy, which we can talk about as well. But <laughs> triggered the, um, triggered now. You've triggered, triggered yourself. <laughs> yeah, triggered the internalized <laughs> of that. Anyway, but um but no one ever really talks about the fact that a dad a, a dad, a boy will have mummy issues. Not really. Mm. Not if if he didn't have a strong female presence in his yeah. childhood. Yeah, I definitely think I, th I think I've seen that in the past. I think I know people certainly that don't have levels of respect for women because of the way that they potentially view their mum. Exactly. And I think that's a lot in the case when you see like with divorces, you see 
like if if the dad walked out or something or, or the dad left or the dad cheated and then the mum like like an responded naturally to that and was really upset and and took a while to come around to the fact of sort of being like a single mum some kids subconsciously may view that as weak and they then lose respect sort of in the long term this is something like I've I've read a little bit about it but only like articles no books or anything like that so it's not it's not something I'm well versed on that's just what I my conclusions from little articles from the articles yeah but still I I think that have you been to therapy before yeah. Oh, your boy loves therapy. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for team therapy. I was pushed towards it for years by my mum. Didn't really bother until last year when I went and had like 12 sessions. I'm actually, I'm going back this week on Wednesday. I'm really excited for it. So excellent. Yes. Just let's break down that fucking stigma. It's so shit. Mm. Mate, not therapists. That's number one thing we need to probably tick off. But also, I think also, you know, it's just it's one of those things that I think is really helpful. N- not just for, cause a lot of people don't like going into their childhood and that's understandable mm. if you have had a traumatic childhood, but it doesn't always have to go there. Right. Yeah. It, it might go in that direction if you want it to, but not all therapists are going to sit down and be like, right. Tell oh, me about all, there's all different, different types of therapy. So like the therapy I yeah. get is based on act therapy. There's a really good book by Russ Harris. He's an Australian um, psychologist actually. And, um, it's essentially, it takes you through the journey of everything you need for act therapy. And he says, you read the book quite slowly, make sure you're doing the exercises. And it's a book that I, I've, I think I spoke about it in episode one of the podcast, but if anyone's curious about therapy mm. and maybe that they feel they're not sort of taking care of their mind that all that well, but they, they either like one don't have access to the funds for therapy. Cause of course that's something that's, it's a, it's a stumbling block for a lot of people. Yep. that kind of book where you learn a little bit more about your anxiety, a little bit more about when you're feeling sad and being able to like label your feelings and stuff like that and actually just accept what is. That's what the book's all about and it is brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's really helpful. I love those sorts of psychology books. I think, that, yeah. I think they're just so the ones that... Do you read much fiction? Sorry, I realise I'm asking yeah. you all the questions. Hey, no, 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 that's fine. This is a conversation. <laughs> I, like, I'm not a chat show host. I'm, I'm, just, I'm here to have conversations with people that... Are smarter than me and like that i want to oh yeah exactly <laughs> um so fiction not really i've read i've read a few books recently one on the subject of sort of feminism is 11 minutes by paulo coelho mm. follows a brazilian prostitute who sort of moves to switzerland and sort of just plays the lady of the night for about a year and uses and abuses men and it follows her sort of journey of what do i value is it love is it sex is it passion like it gets it gets a bit fruity at stages as well. Like she she yeah, really he's... experiments with all all of the types. Really interesting. <laughs> but great great book. Yes, I, I I've only read Into the Aleph. Um, mm. He he loves to go into detail about those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but I am not much of a fiction reader. That's why I'm curious because I yeah I'm not really. But I'm trying to right. vary. What about Sellout? Paul Beatty. You thought about going down that? Oh, that's no, lots of it? awards. Uh, it's a, it's a book. It's, I'm not even. It's satire. I, I haven't even started reading it, but it mm. keep, keeps getting heavily recommended. So you've got Paul Beatty. These are two black writers, by the way, yeah. as well. So first by your, <laughs> your, your. Me, oh, so do I. So do I. Because I think for a long time I was very much 
um, reading a lot of like white authors. That's the other thing I would say is if you're going to read feminism, definitely read like black feminism or yeah. read from a woman's perspective as well, which is interesting because yeah, I still, and this is another example of sometimes I think a lot of my internalized misogyny coming up is that for a long time, I really only like to read male voices. Okay. Yeah. Really interesting. I've had, yeah. so, I have so much in terms of, but you've, de- you've delved deep. I did buy the other day and I've got it on my bookshelf. Um, girl, woman, other, which is a oh, okay, fiction yes. book that's been, it's like from every, all the sort of reading I've done, um, around sort of like black authors and I was looking at recommendations, like the only books I'd read by black authors that I know of. Cause I mean, I don't really know what any of the authors look like. I can just see the names, but it's David Goggins, yes. the, um, why I'm no longer talking to, white people about white people race, race. Renny so <clears throat> really an incredible book and came off the back of a blog yeah blog post have you, you read I'd... sorry are you on. reading white supremacy yet i haven't yet i was i was going to chuck that on audible because i've got like yes. i can see i've got like two credits because I've, I've just been reading 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 i haven't really listened to anything recently so i've got these credits built up so i've seen a lot of people i think i saw siobhan have recommended that and there's a lot of sort of recommendations yeah. coming from there yeah you need to put get that in your airpods yeah go for a walk listen it's confronting af yeah like really confronting yeah you feel awkward listening and you're like oh okay well yeah i'm I'm probably a bit of a shit like is it one of those uh yeah it's like you just suddenly realize how insidious white supremacy is and like even for me and she she talks about it uh layla talks Mm. about it you're getting hot you're getting hot mate i told you this room's hot anyway and but we're also talking about white supremacy <laughs> yeah um, i'm like treading really carefully because i'm like oh fuck <laughs> but no it's good because we need to talk a, about it we need to talk It'll about be, it exactly. it's a great conversation for people to listen to because people like where i come from in like dorset like it's not very multicultural yes, it's good this. it's good for and like especially the uk audience wherever they are like it's probably not as diverse as as it could be i don't know if you can hear me i'll just move the microphone away but yeah, can, yeah. um these conversations like i'm hot anyway but where people get hotter they're the conversations that people need to be having exactly absolutely so layla um talks about uh even biracial people mm. reading this book and working through mean white supremacy and it's been really interesting to witness you know where i am confronted on my white privilege as a biracial person as much as I can also face and have faced you know racism in other ways um for the brown side of me so it's a it is a really it's a really important read it's really confronting yes but it's like you know it's just not gonna change unless we all each take responsibility and one of the things that I love about what she she uh, she does mention it in the book but she mentions it everywhere like even if you just were to follow her on instagram as well mm. i would always recommend buying um the products but the, if you follow her on instagram while you're also reading it it's really helpful and one of the things she talks about is she doesn't call people out so there mm. there are a lot of people anti-racist people that will call people out and it's and they do it because it's also another good way or good method mm. for dismantling it but what she believes is she doesn't call people out and say their name she'll call out their behavior but what she says is yeah. this is not about you getting angry at that person for what they did it's actually about you saying where in life have i also done this and that i love that about her because it's sort of like it's not about naming and shaming it's actually about saying 
I'm going to name and shame an example of behavior. And I want yeah. you to, rather than just sit there and say, oh, how dare that person do that? I would never do that. Actually sit and go, is there a point in my life where I ever did something like that or yeah. similar or, you know, so Getting off and a lot ice. of people say this, me and white supremacy is a book that you do. It's not a book that you just read. So that's good. you want to commit. I like, I like those kind of books. I, I really like the main thing that I've thought of more recently. is just being able to get inside other people's brains when you're yeah. reading a book. And I'm like, that's how they think that's incredible. And I, I love that about the, um, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race is like it's aggressive and it's passionate and it's it's not like a I'm really progressive left angry at everything it's like hey this is really fucking shit yeah let's sort this out we all kind of need to like come together on this and this is why I don't like having these conversations with people that are really ignorant yes because their eyes glaze over and she talks yeah. about that really. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's amazing. And it, it's all stuff that needs to be done. Do you yeah. know when you said that you were doing this podcast mm. and, and actually when you were, when you announced a need to read, yes. I was like, fuck yes. Because it's like so much about what you do and the content that you put out there and everything that you talk about is it's like, that's the direction we need to move in. And I think we talked about, I can't remember what we were talking about on voice notes or text or whatever, yeah, yeah. but we were talking or maybe DMs, but it was something about, it was, it, it had a lot to do with kind of um, being, uh, you know, I don't want to say lad because there's a lot around lad Lates. culture. Being the lad, being one of the lads. Yeah, but like being whatever, being like super masculine, still into yeah, like yeah. BJJs, really yeah. sporty. But then on the other side of it, also being like, yeah, but I also love to read. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, the thing is, it shocked loads of people as well. And, th- and that just goes to show me how yeah. I was kind of like, I, don't know, I guess holding back in a certain way. Like, when I came out, oh, I didn't realize like you could read. I'm like, well, yeah, this is essentially the whole <laughs> podcast is just a really big act just to let everyone know that I can read. <laughs> like, hey, I can actually read, guys. So, like, just listen to the podcast and I'll tell you more about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I remember you saying at the time, you're like, this is really important to sort of like break down stereotypes. And I've had, I've had people message me that I would never have thought would have picked up a book. And like, they've said, like, I've, I've inspired them. And that is great. Like, yeah. I'm well happy with that. Unfortunately, my audience is like 82% women. Is but, it? Why is yeah. that unfortunate? Because we're talking about breaking down the stereotypes in men. I feel like 82%. 82% Holy is pretty shit. heavy. Just throw some extra BJJ stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> Lord yeah, of like, yeah, Lord just, <laughs> like, hey guys, I can also fight. <laughs> Not yeah, very well, exactly. but I give it a go. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a, I'll, I'll go kill another chicken or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell the chicken story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hectic story. You've yeah. got a good das. Yeah, that for the is record, very true. for everyone listening, I've been choked and like kamoured. I'm pretty sure you kamoured me as well. Yeah, just to let you know, everyone, context. Like this is jujitsu. <laughs> um, <laughs> please don't take this out it's of really context. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, uh, no. but a das is a choke that I have really been working on and pretty much ignored everything else about the fundamentals. I remember when I um training in Bali, like when I was training with Dira and I just kept going for a dance, whatever position I was in, he was like, bro, why don't you just do your fundamentals right? And I was like, yeah, I suppose I probably should. 
Fundamentals are good, but actually Keenan talks about, and, I, and I've had a lot of actually um, really, really like a few world champions have talked about mm. this. They talk about one of the best things to do to get really good at jujitsu is to actually just pick one submission and mm. do that for like a month. And all you do oh, yeah. is that submission and you just work it so hard until, and then you move on to the next, like until you could do it from any position in any situation, that's the submission that you go for. And you, and you restrict yourself to listen to me, like for the record, I'm a fucking white belt, but I'm just <laughs> yeah, telling other people. Two white belts <laughs> talking about jiu-jitsu on the internet. <laughs> Everyone's like, just, I've just lost another 1% of my male following. Cause they're like, oh, this guy sucks. Fucking <laughs> shit white belt. Sorry, for the record, I started this, but I'm also quoting other black belts, world champion black belts, mm. by the way. So this is not my advice. I'm not even for a second going to try and give advice on jujitsu. Um, but yes, to, to, to do one submission. Okay. Or one, one, whatever, pick one sweet, pick one thing that you're going to work on, you know? See, my, my brain then when we're talking about this, because I'm like, right, I might start doing that with like books and subjects on books and just do one so month wait, on one thing, one month on another. And then by the end of the year, you've got 12 subjects that you're pretty well read on as opposed to just yeah. reading really broad. This is, you're a genius. Well, Keenan, thanks for that. But yes, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Yes, yeah. yes. It is a good idea because I was thinking about the same thing with like languages, you know, you could do, do anything like that. Have you read, by the way, totally going off topic mm -hmm. now, but have you read the Utopia for Realists yet? I've got it. I haven't read it. It's, all, it's on my it. shelf. Good intentions. Right. It's going to be read soon. And I, I actually wanted to read that before I spoke to you because I remember you recommended that. And I was like, right, well, if, if I read it, I might know some of these words that Shun is going to chuck at me. But yeah, I've, <laughs> I've got all good intentions that book and it will be read soon but tell tell everyone about it what um it's just a, i actually gave my copy away recently to someone good who's like, love to hear that yeah but but he was like babe i'm not gonna be able to read this for a while i was like oh why did i give it to you yeah. you know when i give a book it's like it's because i'm like passionate about it at the time um but uh look to be honest it really goes into the reason i like it is because it is what it says. It's like this utopia. It, it talks about the fact that there is a real possibility and provides evidence for the fact that there is a real possibility for us to move into more of a sort of like luxury socialist model, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially, where there's a lot more equality, there is free money. Um, and they've done lots of tests on this already. So this is not me just throwing it out there and being like, yeah, this yeah. Is like, you know, free money. This is something that has been tested. And he talks about the research in the different areas and countries mm. and cities that it's been tested in. Um, it treats humans in a much better way than this capitalist, this, this really wild capitalist model has moved into. So, you know, I recognize that I benefit a lot from capitalism, but I do think it needs reform. It's like really mm. fucking out of hand. You know, the yeah. fact that we just live in like severe, there are people living in severe poverty and yet for everyone else that just didn't happen to be born in that circumstance yeah. or whatever can kind of push and push in the direction of like absolute extreme wealth. That's so yeah. unnecessary. You know, when you look at the numbers, there's another really good book that talks about, the disparities and like how I can't even remember what it is, but it's like the top. Oh, what this is? I'm gonna read. This isn't one of those things again where I should have remembered the numbers. Ah, that's I'm right. Really so gonna bring this up. So while you think of that, I like the sound of Utopia for Realists because I feel like I'm 
I'm a realist and I like the ideas of like the sort of the left and I feel like I identify as like a more liberal than than anything but I mm-hmm. I am also skeptical just about government in general and I'm not saying like mm-hmm. down with the establishment or anything like that because I don't think that would be a good idea either but that's why like reading those kind of books gives you a gem like a good sort of whole idea of of where if like which side of the fence you sit on or if you're still sort of on the fence you'll be able to see what that author has read to write that book like in the back of their references and stuff like that so it's a really good idea for people to read books along along that line so they can work out where they sit and like no one's no one's here to tell them that they're right or wrong but it's just nice for them to know and and be able to back up their opinion with statistics or, or like facts yeah. or yeah. just a general idea and be able to articulate themselves better so they're more confident in saying this is the cause that I support I feel really attacked because I feel like I've done a terrible job of that this whole time <laughs> <laughs> no no not at all not at all <laughs> I know but you're like you know like they'll be really well read have really good statistics that they can refer to and but I'm like fuck I'm just no but going, what I mean is like know, one statistic no, I know what, what you need mean. is one one little statistic one really good like one you know what you're doing yeah exactly you can read <laughs> yeah, a whole I know, which, one which point I still can't. yeah yeah exactly well exactly and that's the thing is like I do think that I don't know the thing I like about books like you said is getting into someone else's head and seeing things from another perspective mm. At uni, at the moment, we're talking about critical thinking and the importance of it. And I have this, since reading about it, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, if we taught critical thinking in school as a subject, a standalone subject, yeah. I wonder if it, would, if it would be capable of indoctrinating children and therefore adults into a much more empathetic mindset. It'd be nice, but I think curriculum something. I I actually said I thought like my cousin's like twelve, and I was speaking to him about school. He's um he's quite adult for a twelve year old, and it surprises me. And I was speaking to him about like the subjects they learn at school, and like they are getting taught like varied sort of lines of thought, varied religions from a young age now, which is quite nice. I just didn't have like at school like I went to a Church of England school, so it was all sort of just Christianity. Whereas now like. My other cousin's like eight years old when I, was, I went to Jamaica last year on holiday with them. And he was telling me all about like Islam and stuff like that. And I was like, what a legend to be like seven years old to, to have a, like a general sort of grasp of it. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, yeah. But still, that's much better than just one yeah. religion only. So I always think like, oh, I have no faith in the educational system. But it is, it is changing in, yeah. in positive ways. But like, yeah, critical thinking. Have you read, is it Thinking Fast and Slow? By... no i haven't read it i, I haven't Someone read it either it's quite dry but it's, it's good very, but it's words quite dry. very small i um about the print yeah and that just intimidates yeah. me so yeah, i yeah. I'm, I'm just put off it so i'm like oh, i'll buy another book so it just goes further and further down the pile and it's probably lo- lost connections did that too i loved that though yeah i know I did, but that's the, the, very small writing but but this is way smaller like, how that was honestly, so small so 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 small the writing and i'm like well what's the point it's like 450 pages of tiny writing and i'm like that's going to take me so long to read i can't be bothered but um so you're obviously like this is sorry i'm I'm dying from one subject to another sorry i know obviously um with you being at uni as well and obviously you've got a business to run 
and you've got all your hobbies and staying active and doing all your wholesome activities like when when do you read because i think that's a lot of people struggle to find the time to read and the, and they don't sort of make it a priority but obviously it's something like you read your papers and stuff for uni but you're obviously still reading sort of books at i don't i don't know what rate but like you're still finding time to sit down and and yeah read this is such a good question because i i recently i i recently was so angry at myself for just how much time i still was spending on instagram and social mm. media and just i mean you know what it's not even social what am i saying social media it's instagram it's so yeah. addictive and to be honest like tiktok is addictive too but when you go into it you know it's absolute mindless shit that you're just you 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 know what you're getting you're yeah. like okay but instagram's more manipulative because you go on it you're like no i'm gonna learn something shona's done a post at hip, hip mobility <laughs> and like next photos i see down it's like well that girl seems to have really good hip mobility <laughs> on this <laughs> like right. and then exactly and then it's a funny video or, or like it's someone doing some like sick basketball shot or some like jujitsu stuff and then i'm stuck and then it's like 12 o'clock break it off (laughs) exactly that's exactly what happened so so this was happening to me and i was also because it's my work i also find very clever ways of justifying but the truth is none of the inspiration for any of my posts ever fucking comes from instagram never ever ever never even and i love my peers i love people around me i love there are so many people that I follow in fitness, in nutrition, in health and wellness that mm. I absolutely love, but rarely do their posts inspire my posts. And actually yeah. it's more books that will inspire me. So another post that I'd done, I've got this book right. Here's one I prepared oh, earlier. This is how to build oh. a healthy brain, okay. which is Kimberly Wilson, another incredible um, author. She's a psychologist, absolutely incredible, but she, I actually made myself, sit and read this instead of doing that sort of morning scroll that can sometimes happen. So I think that's a really good book hack, uh, reading yeah. hack is, is sort of like that temptation to kind of use this as your means to get the dopamine firing in your brain. Instead, yeah. it's kind of like, have your alarm, just push stop, wake up, go mm. make your coffee, do whatever other part of your morning routine you have. And just don't fucking do the phone. Just don't do yeah. the phone and pick up a book and do like 20 mins reading a book. And honestly, like, oh, it's been such a game changer for me. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna get through so many books. And then that's the stuff that does actually inspire, you know, content, a lot of the content that I create. And and when you like contemplate afterwards, that's when ideas come into you. But so you're talking about your phone as like your alarm. Best thing I've ever done bought an alarm clock on amazon for like six quid this like casio one and like i wake up before it now anyway but like i had my phone out the room from like nine o'clock and it was a habit i was really good at i was reading in the morning and my phone has slowly sort of crept its way back into back into my room i know how does it do that weak piece of shit (laughs) stupid phone but also um just a quick one you held up your phone there obviously we've got a virtue phone case that merch this this an ad are we doing ads (laughs) phone phone case is available through shona's website which is shonavirtue.com use my (laughs) discount code no this is not this is actually 
um, this was, uh, I can't even remember the brand, but it was just, it's just a brand that I, and I just am such narcissistic twat bag. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to put my name on my phone. Oh, I should have said good. something else, like a message. I should, do you know what? Now I know what you're getting for your birthday. It's going to say, read. Read. I'm, I'm going to make bookmarks <laughs> like a last soon. Name, I'll, I'll send one to you. I'm going to get oh, some bookmarks you. made. And That's actually did... a good idea. You're going to get proper ones, like, like oh, ones proper. that... I'll get like a thousand for like 30 or... quid. I'll oh, just like a nice silk paper. Don't know what the GSM is going to be. Silk, yeah. Not, not, not like a nighty kind of silk. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, but it was okay. like 30 quid for a thousand. So I was like, well, that sounds pretty good. Like that'd be easy. I think you should, you should get something that's somewhat uh, made out of a sustainable source. So something that's yeah. recyclable or has a really good uh, chain. That's what I'm trying to go for with like, t-shirts and jumpers and stuff because that's all my mum wants me to do is make jumpers so she can have a hoodie but i need it to be ethical and sustainable yeah yeah and i want one because i just want to wear it around all the time so then people are oh what's he doing i was looking at getting some budgies made yesterday just some like uh custom budgie smugglers but it's it's just expensive and I, i can't justify 50 pairs when all pretty no. much the listeners are women but i'm still going to do it because if there's one thing people look at it's people in budgies especially in the uk because no one wears budgies so everyone's like oh what's he wearing what's that say on his ass oh i need to read there you go oh Marketing. is that really not a uh, is that not a thing to wearing budgies in in the uk no what not in england mean? if i you go down the beach i'm pretty much well i don't i, I wear budgies because I, I, you know, I want that even tan but uh is that in, why? It's like rugby lads will wear it in England, but no one else. Like when you go down to the beach in Bournemouth, it's pretty much no one in budgies. You get some funny looks, but those looks. So I was always taught. I was. I was told that the point of having wearing budgies was also because once you go from swimming in like shorts, it's all like stuck mm. to you, and then you go swimming in budgies, it's just so much more comfortable. Which oh, makes and it's liberating sense. as well. Yeah. Because like, what's you're you're all on show it's literally take it or leave it if you're at like a party or something like that say say you're at a pool party <laughs> everything's there you can't just be like oh i wonder what's in those shorts but oh well i can see exactly what's in those budgies i'm not impressed but we'll go with it <laughs> okay so here i just have to i'm going to give some perspective here this is a psa yeah. okay yeah. um i look there is some may, and i can't speak on behalf of all women no. but perhaps some women will agree Women, <laughs> I'm so excited women. for this. <laughs> are you hot? Are you getting no, hot? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hot to be fair. Don't worry, I'm not going to say so, so. It's the reason, okay. The reason this came to mind was because you're talking about the visual aspects of a woman kind of like looking at a man and being like, mm. Mm. but for the most part, for the most part, I think most women will be more attracted to your bants and mm. your ability to kind of like because you can kind of. Yeah, I, I, and I and I really can't speak for all women. I really can't. There are definitely going to be women that say I know. I know what you mean, generalize. though. But people that wear budgies so, have charisma. Right. Yes, that's true. That's true. They tend to have relatively good chat, relatively, mm. depending. Or maybe they have absolute zero chat, and that's why they yeah. wear the things, because it's a yeah. point of conversation. Um, but what I was about to say was actually in reference to dick pics. Yeah. Because, not a dick pic, but a dick pic. Um, because Wait, I so think... are we D I C K or D I P? 
Dip, no, no. So not dip pics. Dip pics are great. Send those. I yeah. love to see when people have gone for a dip. Um, but a dick pic, uh, if we put aside the ones where it's just general like violation and the men get off in sending a dick pic because they're just like, yeah, I just want to send a dick pic. I don't know. I can't even begin to try and insert my mind and develop any sort of empathy for that (laughs) because I don't get it. But, but chances are a girl doesn't want to see your dick for the most part. Seeing her, even if you're seeing her, I just don't think she wants to see your dick. It's too anatomical. It's like, too like, and, and also we can't do anything with that. We like no. the person for the most part that is the rest of the body, not yeah. just the willy. And it's like, but but on the other hand, I think men are a bit different because you guys are quite visual, no? Yes, yeah, I personally not that <laughs> don't fast. want badge pit. No, 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 well, like I mean. <laughs> sure send it over any anyone like i'll i'll let you know if i'm bothered usually not that bothered i'd never be like oh what are you and and like honestly like obviously i'm friends with a lot of girls and i hear the stories of like how guys speak to them and it's just embarrassing just right. the, the overuse of emojis the overuse of like hints that like there's no straight talking it's just like hints like all oh, about like getting a picture of their tits or like getting a picture of their ass and it's just hints after hints like there's so much on the internet i don't really understand like yeah, yeah. aren't you dating someone because of everything else about their personality that's attractive and sexy mm. and there's so much more to sex than just the body so yeah. this is a part i never understand why do men think that we would want to have a picture of their dick and be like oh i think well let's not generalize men sorry let's, you're okay. right let's not generalize <laughs> but but yeah, I like an unsolicited dick pic. I imagine as a girl is pretty traumatic. But what if it's solicited? Like, as in, what if it's like you're seeing someone and then they send you a dick pic? Sorry. Well, like if 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 they've asked, like if if this is That's like different. a if this is a thing where they're like, hey, like let's see your piece. You'd be like, yeah, okay, here's my piece. But if it's just like, oh, here's a picture of my ass. Like, oh, look, here's my angry little soldier in my pants little trouser snake looks all (laughs) aggressive i think maybe that's a bit too far yeah so and this but this is what i'm trying to understand because i sort of feel and look this is not coming from like experience because thankfully i think i've been quite lucky in that sense and actually i had this conversation (laughs) where i'm like i just don't get sent dick pics maybe this conversation is gonna like some some person (laughs) like all right but no no i don't (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I don't get them. And I sort of, I'm sometimes like, should I be offended that I never get a dick pic? But I feel quite proud of the fact that I don't. I feel but like they might be scared of the response. Because I'll yeah. probably post it or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would do that anyway. Well, like, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't. I think publicly shaming <laughs> like that can just traumatize someone forever. So I think maybe yeah, a stern telling off. No, 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 of course. Solicited picture of their genitalia, like that's yeah. the thing. It's like don't send it if anyway. But yes, so maybe they are a bit scared. But hmm. what I'm trying to understand is like the, the difference between, um, and again, I can't generalize with gender, hmm. but there we can sort of say there's definitely very distinctive differences between a brain that's like very visual. Um, And then a brain that's sort of like, it isn't that. And I think that there's like a, there's a large portion of men that tend to be very much about the visual. And so they make this Mm. assumption that women are also like that. And again, I think it's a maturity thing. 
Is it though? I think is so. Because I think I think okay. there's a lot of like there's a lot of I'd say just generally people out there that haven't matured at the rate that maybe they should have. Girls obviously mature at a faster rate than males. And then some guys just kind of get stuck at the point where they should just be pushing through to maturity and they're like, ah, oh, nah, I just want to be one of the boys forever. Which I mean, like, fair enough. Live your life that way, like live it however you want. But just don't Is send it safe picture. There? Is it safe there? What in well, lad culture? Yeah, like is no, it, it's n- no. Yeah, it's not emotionally safe. traumatic. I would say lad right. culture. So why, <laughs> why would you want to stay in it? Because it's probably easier for a man to pretend than to actually open up. It's but nowadays as well. Like there is a, a big sort of male stereotype of oh, I want to be the man. I want to be the boy. Whereas being more emotional, being more open, you open yourself up to scrutiny from all the other sort of chest-beating ape men out there. And like, see, I'm I'm saying this, and I haven't really been that guy in the past, but there's definitely times where I've played up to the lad culture. Whereas now I'm completely like, hey, look, I'm emotional. Like, right, my name's Ed. I go to therapy and I cry sometimes. Yeah. That's people are shocked by it whereas wow. it's completely normal i would i would say well for me it is. it's, it's my normal. it's my normal i think other people will get there but i think when you yeah i think i've got to this stage of sort of my openness and stuff like that through like reading books like do you think like, that that's what that has I, done I it genu- i genuinely think i've i've ego is the enemy is the one thing that like i sort of dropped off there and i was like what am i pretending to be what what is this person that i'm i'm portraying to people that's not actually me because i've got an ego and i'm trying to protect that as soon as i drop that back i've been more authentically myself and more say emotional and like the conversations i have with people are more on about connecting with that person as opposed to just having a surface level conversation where I'm like, you're right. Nice tits. Yeah. Is that, you know I mean? was that you before? I this is, well, yeah, no, 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 it wasn't, but like, wow, what a transformation. From yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> such a good book. Like, and book. I think ego is a lot of people's downfall. Many, many people mm. out there, if not mm-hmm. all. Yeah which is interesting because it's like we all have it and we are all in essence conscious beings trying to become aware of ourselves through this process of life. And it's unfortunate that we can't seem to recognize that in the other. Like we can't Mm. seem to recognize that that person is just trying to get on with their life and escape suffering and, you know, trying to live a life and develop themselves and whatever. And so am I. And, you know, kind of like I see, I mean, that is interestingly enough to a degree and without a lot of the sort of dogma attached to it, that is what namaste actually means. Okay. Did you know that? I didn't. So namaste, namaste, which we say at the end of yoga for anyone that doesn't know what the hell that means um, or has never heard that word is a Sanskrit word, which means that, and I'm going to say it like this, but it it means that mostly we hear the translation as the, the light in me bows down to the light in you. 
Um, and the way that I used to explain it to people, um, or it also can be translated as like the God in me bows down to the God in you. I like to translate it as purely like this sort of the consciousness in me or the conscious ability of me mm. like sees and is aware and bows down to that same conscious awareness that is yeah. in you. And it's, I mean, how beautiful is that as, yeah. as something to acknowledge and really truly acknowledge in just one word one word yeah. we don't really have words like that in english um sanskrit's a really powerful language god we've talked about a lot here how did yeah, I, I love this i this is great i don't i don't know actually how long we've been on the thing for and i don't no, know how sorry. how to find out but that's fine i <laughs> i think that's amazing and, and just going back in terms of what we were saying prior to that because i had a thought about we were talking ego. about like ego and stuff like that and talking about people reading books and sort of reading for growth I now at this stage of my life where I haven't before think intellect and like vision for sort of growth and openness is way more attractive than other people that I consider boring. And I don't, yeah. and it's a hot, it's, it's not nice for me to say that someone's boring because that's subjective and that's the way that they want to live their life. But also I should hold a standard for myself in, people that I'd want to let into my life. But if, if somebody's talking to me about books or about like a different, or they're like passionate about a certain like cause something, I'm like, yes, you're fit. Yes. But like, not because they're aesthetically fit. I know like Australian listeners think fit means fitness, but in England fit means Yeah, hot. fit means hot. Yeah. 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 But like that's, that's hotter than like just having your whappers out. I would say. What's a whapper? Is that tits. a vagina or a Nah, tits, okay, yeah. Food. You don't walk, walk around with your Breast. vagina out very often. Well, I'd hope not, but I don't know <laughs> what kind of woman you're referring to. Here. Who knows? But, you know, each to their own as well. Yeah. Like, that's a social norm. Perhaps in yeah. some, it's totally fine to have yeah. what, weapons. Weapons. Weapons, I'll write that one down and remember it. But Get yes, no, no, exactly. I think, but this is the thing is like the more, because that, it's such a narrow perspective of like what is attractive in a woman. And again, mm. that's like male gazy, the wappers one, not yes. the other one. That's very male gazy. That's like mm. objectifying. And it's kind of like what that, wo that woman is only hot if I can in some way sexualize her. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying you find attractive now is the fact that it's just another human that's also wanting to whatever, better themselves, explore, life increase their knowledge increase their empathy like fundamentally mm. i just think that that's that's another huge part of what is amazing about books is is that it increases empathy yeah, 100%. Um, depending on the book that you're reading and who and who wrote it and yeah i'm sure there's some pretty like neo-nazi books out there <laughs> yeah, but like exactly. they're not going to make their way onto my shelf but yeah i think you become more compassionate the yes. more you read and and i i've certainly gone down a path where like the books that i'm reading are getting like quote unquote like softer as they go along like i've got one on radical mm. compassion i haven't read yet um by it's, i think it's a woman called tara brash or tara brack she's like a meditation teacher and okay. i just thought like radical compassion like i feel like that's if when i die whoever's at my funeral if they're going to make a speech i don't want them to talk about like god knows, like well like success or yeah. like how i looked or something like that like i want them to talk about what are like 
a kind and compassionate human being and over the last sort of like year or so and I, like i wasn't a total prick before but people always say to me like, oh you're so nice now so it's like it's a mm. pleasure to be around you and i'm like you know what that is probably like the best thing i could hear because it means Wait, what, I'm happened, really... what were you before no, well like i just wasn't open to this stuff like and i always say it as if i was a real piece of shit but i really wasn't but it was definitely like i just was more i was just closed off like i just righteous and and i'm i'm an introvert anyway so as, as soon as i've ran out of my two hours of speaking to big groups i then have to force behavior and it's like when you're doing a workout and you you feel like you're done and then you have to really push through that like final set or something yeah that's how i felt socially because i'd be fine for a couple of hours and then after those couple of hours i'd start playing up or acting up to the group because i'd be like pushing through and it's it's not coming out as like an authentic self and the the only reason i sort of know this now is because i've read a book on introverts and i was like shit that's me was it called quiet yeah by susan kane such good yeah it's brilliant slow at the end but really good book yes i agree but it's also one of those books where you're sat there and you're going oh i feel seen i feel seen yes completely it is hard to be an introvert in In modern society because everyone that everyone will think that i'm an introvert but like i remember you said that you saw me at jiu-jitsu once but i looked miserable and and you didn't want to say hello because I was, I was walking out that would have been because I was just done for the day and like and, yeah. and I come across as rude sometimes to people but it's, it's not it's not rude and it's not intentional but like I didn't think I'm you just, were rude just, I thought you were just yeah. upset yeah can I ask I a question know. that's gonna yeah, yeah, be go. a bit like I hope it's not gonna be like too confronting yeah, yeah go do you think that your transformation your personality transformation mm. or, or not even your personality transformation, but your value around wanting to become a kinder person um, coincided with your heartbreak. Nah, because it was before then. <laughs> but <laughs> thanks. All right. Great. Hopefully Sorry. everyone that's local that's to me has there. stopped listening from now. But um <laughs> Edit that out. Nah, keep that in for authenticity but no i don't think so i think that's definitely i learned a lot about myself from that and what did you learn can you give me three lessons that you learned from heartbreak i'm so curious um, i think more so in like impulse i've learned to accept that i'm an impulsive person because mm. like when i broke up with my ex I went straight to Bali three days later and I worked out that was the best decision I ever made so I'm now trusting my instinct and I think there's something about that like in the Tao of Poo the Tao of Poo sorry yeah it talks um, (laughs) talks about like impulse being something in your instinct something to work with and same in the code of the extraordinary mind um just the previous episode on it talks about those who trust their instinct and those who don't and those who trust their instinct, there's been times where authors have had that thought and they haven't followed through with the instinct to write this book and someone else has written it because the universe is like, well, if you don't want it, I'm giving that to someone else. Yes, that's also in Big Magic by Elizabeth mm. Gilbert, um, who yeah. wrote Pray Love. And she talks about that concept of like ideas just want to be fulfilled and manifested yeah. into reality. And so if you don't move with it, it will that energy will pass through you. A lot of like yeah. artists talk about that too, where they sort of have the idea and then it washes through. And if they don't fulfill, yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so impulse. You learned about impulse. Impulse. I learned that I was, I, I'm, 
not considerate enough of myself, which is something that I'm trying to work on because I'm very, I've always been like a, a, not a carer in a way, but like I'm, I always try and like look after other people in a certain, and mainly in relationships because when I love, I love really intensely, which is something I've also learned is something to recognize and be like, Oh, actually like love yourself this way before you do anything else, bro. Cause like, you're only going right. to upset yourself at the end. So I think that's, right. those are the sort of two things that I've learned there and they're really important lessons. And it's something that whatever next relationship I have, which I like, I mean, I really can't see being for a while cause I'm really enjoying that, like, like making sure that my confidence doesn't come from someone else and that my yes. sort of sense of self isn't attached to another person. So, and, and I think even prior to relationships, I'd probably, slept with a higher number of girls than society thinks is okay because I'd attach my confidence to that. That is so thing. interesting. Yeah. Mad, That's isn't it? So interesting. And it's, and just a shout out to everyone that's still listening. So this isn't about books, but I think this is an interesting conversation sorry. for everyone to listen into. So um to bring it back to books. Yeah, no 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 like yeah, well, we can bring it back to books, but I think so. Those those are the three things that I've I've learned yeah. from that. I also, yes. um, what did I do? I read a book called How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. Yes. After I broke up, really feminine book, but I was like, actually, like it's got a lot of really good points in it. Interesting. Yes, I listened to a book called uh, The Obstacle Is the Way, which was yeah. fucking so helpful during your breakup. I listen to um, Love <laughs> do, you know, do you know what's really funny? Do you know what? who also gave that book as a really good book to listen to after a breakup? Oh, no. Is it the same person that probably <laughs> told me to read it when we broke up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we uh, spoke, we spoke yeah. about reading this book. Um, I think because we, 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 we sort of talked throughout the whole breakup. Anyway, we, yeah. we were talking the whole way through. It didn't get like ever too like, I mean, it did a bit, but anyway, but yeah. he basically was like, you, you should, um, he's like, I'm listening to this book. It's amazing. I think he was like in Queensland or something. Yeah. And I just come back from London and I remember, so some of the things that I learned from heartbreak were similar to yours in just mm. how much I was resting my um, identity in the hands of someone else and in the validation that someone else would provide for me. And I think there is, there's an, there, that's natural to a certain degree because we do, you know, we are, this is a relationship based universe that we exist in. And I don't know what other universes are like, so I don't know why I say that, but it's like, you know, everything that we do in life requires relationships. So I think that if we move too much in the direction of independence, Mm. it's uh, it can sometimes be that you build this wall and then you become completely incapable of ever having a relationship ever again and this is definitely something that i've had to work through now i seek healthy interdependence so it's kind of more like okay like what are the expectations as long as i'm not expecting you to be the sole provider of my happiness the sole provider of my sense of self and empowerment then we're okay there's obviously yeah. going to be a back and forth with relationships because that's you're entering into yes. someone sort else's of silent world agree- yeah totally and so it's like i enjoy being in relate in relationships whereby i love to love i love yeah. to help that person i also mm. i actually struggle with receiving a little bit do you struggle with receiving yeah i feel awkward whenever anyone says anything nice to me about the podcast i'm like 
Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, why are you saying? Kind of, like, yeah. Why are you being nice to me? Go away. Obviously, yeah. keep, keep it coming. But I'll I'll learn to accept it one day. But like when I see like friends and stuff down, they're like, "Oh, I really like what you're doing." I'm like, "Oh, really?" Oh. But that's a bit. That's a self-esteem thing. Like that's something I've got to work on. Like, and I I yeah. say that to people, and they're like, "What? Well, you don't have issues of self-esteem?" I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a thing. But everyone, I think, like everyone does. Yeah. Yeah, but people, people won't admit admit to it and that's what comes with being open and being able to say actually that is an issue that i've got there's certain parts of my life that i'm comfortable in and there's certain parts that i'm really not that that yes. interdependence thing is that um seven habits of highly effective people with stephen covey i love that book but no healthy yeah. interdependence was something that i actually learned about in therapy because mm. for, basically you know after a series of of breakups that felt like they were getting progressively more and more painful it i was sort of like okay hang on a sec i'm definitely doing something wrong here like this and, yeah. and to be honest i was probably doing something wrong in all of all of the breakups anyway because that's we're not perfect as you have pointed out yeah. um and I think that as it started to get worse and worse and worse, I was like, I really need to face what it is I'm doing here that is, um, that is problematic. Yeah. And a lot of it was because I would either be, I basically haven't been able to find, um, and I think I'm getting there now, um, but I haven't been able to find this nice balance between like independence, like severe independence where I'm yeah. literally like, I don't want anyone stay out. I'm fine. This yeah. kind of, I'd use feminism as a little bit of a protective mechanism as well yeah. to kind of shut people out. Um, and that is not a nice place either. That's a very lonely no. place. You yeah, can yeah. Put your head into books or whatever and try and distract yourself. But fundamentally um, that's not where you want to be. But then no. I get into a relationship and find that wall would come crumbling down and under, yeah. behind that wall was a very, um, I guess like soft, I, I want to say, you know, a vulnerable person that yeah. hadn't actually allowed herself to dismantle that feminist wall and try to mm. actually speak to the soft, vulnerable side of myself underneath yeah, yeah. and say like, what is it that you need? Because we shouldn't be trying to get it from some other guy. We should yeah. be trying to get it ourselves and see how yeah. we can kind of know that that's there. But then when we do bring it to someone, acknowledge that it's okay to have needs and yeah. those needs can be met by someone else, but you just have to be able to bring them authentically to the table. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? I well, love that. Like a double I, podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I um, What actually changed sort of my way of thinking around this, and I spoke to Siobhan about this on the podcast the other day, is um, Mark Manson's book, Models, and he talks about authenticity. Um, authenticity. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what we say. Right. Um, and that, I feel like it, it, although many people in the world are not ready for people's authentic self and they want surface level shit mm. you find your relationships are better when you go with a hundred percent authenticity and be like hey like there is this other side of me that isn't always the best but like i'm doing my bit i'm, I'm trying hard or like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to to make that work and like i i think all blokes should read that book mm. because 
it's, it's just a, it's just a different way to look at things and like people think it's like a pickup artist book but it's really really not it's so much more than that and mark manson's such a clever guy that's really interesting i'd never heard of models i'd never heard no of one that, has that. no one's heard of that book that's so <laughs> interesting i need to i need to read that yeah. so the thing is one of the things that i had to face um, was the fact that I had a deep fear that if I expressed a need that mm. I would be abandoned. And this yeah. obviously had developed, this was a belief pattern that had developed in yeah. childhood and then was obviously manifesting itself in relationships. Mm. So what I found I would do is hide my needs for so long to the point that then all of a sudden that just explodes because you can only pretend for so long. Yeah. And then suddenly what happened? Do you just have like a wave of yeah, an idea? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got an idea. I've got a thought for you, but you keep, you keep going this. I won't forget this. <laughs> no, right. So I basically would then have, I would be doing the suppressing of my needs, but then resenting the other person for not meeting my needs. So it was this mm -hmm. cognitive dissonance that was coming up whereby I would be like, how, how selfish that you can't meet my needs. But it's like, I wasn't actually being authentic with them. And then it would just come out in this explosion of vulnerability and needs and just mm. like absolute desperation that A, isn't attractive, but also it's not that's also not authentic. It's just that I'd, I'd done all the suppressing. I had done most of it. So I think those are some of the interesting things that can come after heartbreak, but yeah. they sort of come after you kind of, you have the heartbreak, you get over the pain and then you have to sit with yourself and you're like, okay, I can take a moment to just really look at the situation with a more, in, in a more critical way. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What was your, what was your so big my, like, epiphany way? My, thing? my epiphany, it's just it's a thought that I've had and I've spoken to quite a few people about this in terms of modern day dating and people always put on a front whatever like whether you've met online or you meet someone like when you're out like if you're out like you've had some booze you're confident you're like coming at it strong you then go on a date and both of you are pretending to be something that you're not so you've got one person over here right hands up everyone that's just listening left hand up for also people that are listening and you're yes. pretending to be something as this relationship goes on you start to become your authentic self and you're moving towards this middle point where when you both become your authentic selves you spread apart because they don't work together but the false sort of surface level shit that you come up with at the start they're like oh i really like that but really like he is pretending to be softer than what he else? is but he's actually a yeah. bit harder she's pretending to be harder than she is and that can work vice like vice versa i definitely totally. be a bit harder than I, I am sometimes or used to do and then it gets to the point where oh fucking hell ed's crying again <laughs> like and and there's like a joke in my family because when i was younger i just cried all the time so my sister would be like yeah ed cried i don't do it anymore and i'm, I'm only at a couple cries this year but like i'm not ashamed to to cry Say or admit to cry but like there's definitely been relationships before oh. where i've been this person at the start and then by the end of this relationship i'm like actually myself and they're like well like, i didn't really sign up for this and and it's not anything against how I'm behaving or how they're behaving. Exactly. It's just that we're two completely different people. That it just doesn't work. Yes, but wouldn't it be great if we could just bring our authentic selves at the beginning? A lot less time would have been wasted. Yeah, we Don't just need think? to top off with self-esteem. But people, um, people haven't got that anymore, unfortunately. Well, but it's all no. But is it about having self-esteem, or is it about just saying, well, it is because it's kind of like saying. I'm imperfect, but I'm also worthy. That's important. Mm. I think it's also a question of, of sort of saying, 
I don't know. It's a, it's a big thing. I mean, think about the reason that we tend to like having alcohol is because it removes pretense. Mm. And so in terms of dating is that when you remove the pretense, it suddenly becomes a little bit easier to interact, um, which is a shame. But I think that if we were to get comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know, and get comfortable. Sit with your shit. Sit with your shit. Oh, and we're back to poo. Yes, I've <laughs> gone full circle. <laughs> like this full is great. Circle. <laughs> I yeah, I know what you mean. Came up with dick pics and all kinds of, then I like it. This is this is this has been a varied conversation to say the least. Very. But varied. um, yeah, if people would just sit with their shit more, like it's not going to feel great. Metaphorically, it's going to stink a bit. But like, that's what's yeah. needed yes. to sort of sit with your shit, become... but also hold the shit for someone else <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> but like do you know what i mean it's like yeah, how, yeah. how can we like hold space for people like that's another thing that i think is oh, mm. really intense deja vu but yeah i think that if um if we were able to hold space for for that i think would be something and this is why we come back to this notion mm. of like trying to dismantle these gender norms mm. that sort of say that men can't express themselves or that women are too needy or things like that because they just yeah. kind of let's just regardless of gender let's just talk about human needs and what's required yeah. of a human and a human is in need of of love and belonging regardless of their gender regardless of whatever gender they they do or they don't um you know associate with um, or identify mm. with. So it's like, it's just, how do we get more human, you know, yeah. acknowledging humanness, radical is... compassion. Well, I'm going to read it pretty soon. Cause I've just finished this Tao of poo. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to move on to a different book and that might be it. And actually it's not going to be it. Cause I, I already know I'm going to read how to be right in the world. that has gone wrong. And it's got loads of controversial subjects from like a lefty sort of, uh, interesting. Um, journalist so i'm quite excited to read that but um i mean everyone can tune in for the next episode uh, to listen to my review of that in. one yeah you absolutely should um, tune in but Shona, what i'm gonna do yeah. for transparency for everyone that's listening is i'm just gonna stop oh, okay. recording in a moment and then okay. we can just have a chat because i'm I need to go to the toilet <laughs> but um where <laughs> can everybody everyone. where where can everyone find you <laughs> Tell it, tell it, tell it. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Shona underscore virtue or on my website, shonavirtue.com or on YouTube. I do a lot of free, free workouts on YouTube. YouTube's yeah. a great resource. Yeah, definitely. I'm there. Yeah. And they can join the virtue crew, which I am a member of, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, incom- I've got, I've still got a picture of, of you. I would, I was going to hold it up and like shame you, but the that's not the point. Of, no. No, no, we're not, we're not into shaming. No, we're no. not into shaming. But I was going to try and sort of motivate you, not through shame. I was going to do it through. today, but I've hurt my shoulder and my wrist from falling off my skateboard, pretending I was a child. So okay, and you're that. scarred. Yeah. So I basically, for, for anyone that's listening, I've got a photo um, here of Ed that is of him doing uh, a cross seater position, and just so we're hoping that in just sitting cross legged, and and basically in. Uh, in 12 weeks, he's going to be in the middle slips. Can I reckon? <laughs> no, you're joking. no, okay. All right. Well, I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've known that I'm unflexible for 20 years and I've done little. Nothing to, about it. I have such and your good intentions. It's going to be so good if you get your spider guard, your. Oh, yeah. Skin, you know, all that stuff's going to be so good. 
That is true. Right, you're benefiting. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop recording. Okay, but bye, thank you very much for listening. You made it to the end, which is fantastic. If you want to find us on Instagram, it's at a need to read. Virtue method is available through shonavirtue.com. If you want to have a look at some of Shona's work, it's also like she said there, all over YouTube and Instagram as well. If you want to join the book club, it's not too late. We've got up until the 1st of July. I'll put a link for that in the description of this episode.